New Photic Realm announcement. Uh, submission windows for upcoming issues. Issue 10, the theme is justice. That's hard-boiled fiction with a supernatural twist. The deadline for that will be April 1st, 2020. Issue 11, the theme is kaiju. Giant monsters terrorizing civilization. Deadline will be October 1st, 2020 for those stories. Issue 12, the theme is lycanthropy, which is, of course, self-explanatory. Um, it can be any type of animorph with a bloody twist. Uh, so I guess that's werewolves and Jesus, giant, I don't know. What do people turn into? Seals? I've just got a little seal on my desk, so I thought of that. I don't know. You have to be more imaginative than I just was. Uh, but the deadline for lycanthropy, January 1st, 2021. Good luck to everyone submitting. I wrote this thing. I hope you like it. Let's talk about it, yeah. Let's lose track. Losing the plot podcast. Losing the plot podcast. Losing the plot podcast. Talking to Leo My guest this episode is Eddie Generous, uh, author of countless new things such as some stomp and chomp books out with Severed Press, as well as uh, Plantation Pan, his uh, science fiction sequel to Arthur Macken's The Great God Pan that's out with Omnium Gatherum, and it sounds like there's many more things coming uh, from Eddie in the very near future. If you are a listener, a reader, you know, any type of creative who wants to be on the show or who wants to tell me anything about the show, you can always get in touch with me using losingtheplotpodcast at gmail.com and I look forward to hearing from you. But that's all my intro stuff, so here is my chat with Eddie Generous. Uh, yeah. What do you want to talk about? Oh, um, all kinds of stuff. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with your latest book? When's it, is it out? When did it come out? Plantation. Uh, yeah, I have a book come out every month. Um, that was, yeah, that wasn't my most recent, but that was one I want to talk about because uh, the other one's a severed press book and they mm. seem to sell on their own. Like I don't have to do anything and they just sell. So, wow. Uh, yeah, they're, I don't get it. It's like magic. Um, they just have a, a great following for some reason. And, and I guess people, they're like, hey, Monster Bucks, we know what we're getting. We'll just buy, even if we don't know the author, we'll buy hundreds of copies um mm -hmm. so that's nice uh but plantation pan is a different case and i would like for more people to buy it <laughs> fantastic yeah great i mean um it does seem like it seems like this one took you maybe a lot longer than other things that you write well that story i wrote it originally years ago and then i tried to sell it um fancy places but i sucked at writing uh the idea was really good uh so like everything i've done uh i, f I figured out something fairly recently that allowed me to um sell it in like a positive way 
as opposed to just, you know, a few bucks or, or short stories. I never had that much trouble with, but with the longer stuff. Uh, so I had to go back and, and buff it up. Um, but uh, so it, it's, it's not a monster story and it's, it has zero humor in it. It's cosmic. Uh, cosmic science fiction and I hardly hardly ever delve into either of those things but mm -hmm. uh, um, it's a it's a continuation of um, the great god pan um, however you don't need to read the original uh, although I do recommend it I really like that story even though lots of people seem to find it really dry um, but I think it's great and I think I didn't hurt anything by adding to it what what is it you like about that story in particular? I kind of think my favorite part is that you never see the monster uh, that is Pan full on. Like it's like the camera is never pointed right at Pan. Um, which I guess part of it would be if you when I was writing Plantation Pan, you I started looking into you know the actual God Pan um, and. Uh, you look at most of the statues and he's got a great big cock because um, he's like he's like this kind of rapey god which makes sense after like you read the story and you're like oh okay so he's just kind of following you know Arthur Mackin just followed what was going on uh, uh, so I could see not putting it the lens head on uh, back, back in the day right because it's not like you know Moby Dick didn't talk about you know, giant throbbing cocks ever. Um, even though you got like every dude spooning all over the place. Um, but you so you can't really have the, that kind of conversation back then. So it, I think that actually lent to it, but also I, I, I really like when horror isn't head on like that sometimes, uh, other times, mm -hmm. you know, I like it. So, yeah. Did you have to do a lot of research for this one? No, I, I'm really, um, I'm kind of stupid. Uh, so I just, I, I assume I, I know stuff and I just wing it. Uh, or if I don't know it, I try to write around it. Uh, mm -hmm. like, um, it's like, oh, I don't know much about this topic. Uh, so rather than making it up, I'll be, I'll give them some, some slight turn into a topic I do know about. Uh, because I don't really like research. I don't know. Do you like research? Mm, I do know because I only research stuff that I'm interested in. I think that when I was a younger writer, I was trying to impress people. Mm. Um, but now I just want to show people like the cool stuff I found. So then if I'm not interested in something, I don't read it rather than going, yeah, but you have to get through this because otherwise people will catch you and, you know, you're trying to look like a real writer here you know so i think oh. now that that now that that impulse has gone away i can just have fun with it i did loads of research for a short story i just wrote there and it was great fun because i only put in facts i thought were interesting so i don't know How, but you don't you don't the, the thing is like with you you're reading all the time that you don't really need to do research like it's all kind of there when you come to the writing desk right well, yeah, I guess, uh, and now that I say I don't really do that much research, I do kind of. Uh, I do research in a different way. I don't really do research um, in, like, fact-finding. 
so much as it is like, um, well, uh, for example, I wrote my first um, crime novel manuscript not long ago, uh, just like without any monsters in it or anything. Mm. Um, and uh, so for like research purposes, uh, I read a fucking ton of crime books. Um, and also I really like, uh, there's some there's some books that just give you like a perfect outline of of what makes something work. If if you can read it from the the standpoint of uh, picking apart uh, the craft as opposed to just what's cool in the story, then you can implement it. Um, those good ideas, you know, like uh, when when to trigger the suspense and how to have extra suspense for free and, and stuff like that where it's, you know, I do, I do that research a lot, uh, which is mostly just entertaining too. So it all works out for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by like, um, passive research, you know, just like it, it comes to you when you're sitting down to write cause you enjoyed having read it, but it wasn't necessarily like you were actively doing it for a specific story. Right. Yeah, although yeah. I did with Plantation Pan, I actually had to get help. Um, Gary Buller helped me. Uh, oh, with with some lingo because I didn't know any. Um, like I was like, you know, you you can wing uh, stuff that people say in in certain cities. So I had part of that story take place in London, England, and mm -hmm. uh, I'd never been to London, England. Um, mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, Gary, does this make sense? And he, and he read just that portion of it and he's like yeah maybe this or that i've done that before like i'll go to twitter um and ask like people will like when i did it for australians i was like what would an australian hear and they're just like make sure they say cunt a lot uh <laughs> and i was like well yeah okay it works uh but uh i, I do i i don't know i really i don't know what i'm doing um, I don't know if you do. Uh, if you do, uh, you got any tips on? on... <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. Um, no, actually, um, I don't know if you noticed. I think you did actually. I started like a filmmaking club here. Right. So, yeah. Like we just. Yeah. So that's because, like, I, I mean, I'm, both of us now are getting published in in great places and deservedly so. Um, but like. Do you you have like some formal training as a writer? You did a course with Stephen Graham Jones at some point, but before yeah. that, you were just like writing. I was a, I was a, before that. I I do have a, a diploma in print journalism, and I oh do, of course yeah you have a background. I do yeah. have a little experience in that, but that's different, right? That's uh, mm -hmm. that would be like putting the the final uh, paragraph of a short story into the first line because um, that's how news is written. It's like all the important stuff at the very top. Um, yeah. So it's backwards. Uh, also in, in my experience, never once was I told by a teacher, read, read this specific uh, reporter for how they write and stuff like that. It was like, there were no, there were no deductions on style. Uh, it was all like, is this grammatically correct? Is this actual, like everything had to be perfectly correct. That was the only worry in that. So 
mostly I I didn't get much training. And with the Stephen Graham Jones thing, that was a week of um, horror-specific uh, stuff. So we uh, we talked mostly about um, just just horror stories on on things like that, which was which was cool because I when I got there, I was like, oh my god, these people—they're all going to be so smart. And I'll be so stupid with my call, you know, my my little college uh, diploma and and all this stuff. But turns out I consumed a lot more horror than anybody else, other than you know Steve Graham Jones and the TA. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't feel stupid at all. Um, I, I'd read most of the books that were mentioned, and 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 got most of the stuff. There were some things that that really helped. Uh, um, like taking taking the horror one step further, uh, like you get to the end of your story, and instead of being like, "Hey, that's a fun ending," you'd be like, "Is that all I can do? Uh, can I make this more horrible uh, on the reader?" And mm-hmm. it's, it's so that's helped. Um, I don't know. The, probably the the biggest thing that has helped my writing, though, is actually becoming an editor that reads submissions because you start seeing really bad stuff and then you're like, holy shit, I do that. I'm going <laughs> to not do that anymore. Uh, so I don't know, we, but we were somehow we got, you were talking about your, Oh yeah, no, I had a point. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's, it's losing the plot podcast. We can talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was the point. I, I was like, okay, I've, I've worked my way up to getting some pretty good publications just from like teaching myself writing and, teaching yourself is just like read stuff you like find out what they did that you enjoyed hope that that comes out when when you write your own thing like i don't hope you can do it i don't know um but i thought okay if i can do that then i can do that with filmmaking and i felt like doing something new and also like i wanted some sort of social activity with people but i think that um if there was any kind of mystery i was revealing to people it was that like anyone can do this that puts the time in. I don't think there's such a thing as a real writer, a real artist of any kind. I think it's anyone can just put the time in and nobody knows what they're doing. And I, I don't, I think like the people I trust in the club, because this is the reason I bring it up is this is the first time I think I've actually talked face to face with other creative people. I've never been in like a real life writing group and don't particularly want to be, but um, the ones I trust the most are the ones who are like, there are no rules. I'm not going to trust anyone who says there are rules and we're just going to try stuff out and see what works. Um, I don't think there's anything more to it than that. I think that like over the years you hone your intuition um, and you trust, you have faith in your own process a bit more, but it's not like you know what you're doing more. I think that like as time goes on and I continue not to feel like I know what I'm doing, then I kind of retroactively look back at the years I was writing and feel like, maybe things weren't going as wrong as I thought. I just, I just didn't realize that you never really feel like you know what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, kind of what I was mentioning earlier um, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm like going back and, and putting out stuff uh, that I'd written before. It's, it's all really rough. Like the writing is like, Ooh, you know, you like he grabbed the door handle with his hand and his fingers touched the steel kind of like just oh stupid overwriting uh mm-hmm. where it's like that's cringy as fuck uh but i can buff it out um uh, so 
I do I do know what you mean. Like you could go back and and fix stuff, or you could just leave it all rough and say, "Hey, look how rough I was. Look where I've come." Yeah. Um. I think it goes. That's what I was saying again. Is I think if you want to. Again, I mean, I think a lot about this club, and like now it's the first time I'm hanging out with other creative people. I think if you want to gain people's trust, you do it through like openness and honesty more than knowing your shit. And that's that's the like the inverse of what you're taught in most industries. Certainly, like my day job as an engineer, it's like, well, who has the best degree? Who has the most years' experience? Let's listen to that guy. But I think right. art plays outside of those rules and should be celebrated for that. I don't want to see people come in and be like, because some people have come in and they're just like, I've got all these years experience of this. And I'm like, I don't really care. Or like, of course, you know, of course, you know this better yeah. than I do. You spent more time on it. Like, why wouldn't you know it better than I do? But guess what? Like, you were me once. So what's your point? Should I feel bad? Like, no, we're well, different people, you know? Well, and with writing, I think it it comes down very much closer because you see people, uh, most people I've seen that have big book deals, um, they get a book deal. They're like, oh, I didn't, ha- I didn't know anybody in the industry. Well, except for, you know, my MFA professor got me in touch with an agent um, where it's like that, like little side thing they don't realize is the pivotal point. Uh, <laughs> but I also don't, I don't understand um, where they're like, other than YA, the when it comes to horror, it's like YA horror gets to not follow any rules and it gets to be as cool as it wants, as long as it's not too sexy and uh, and it's got kids in it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like all I wrote, I wrote this book to impress my MFA friends uh, and it caught a big publisher. And it's like, but how many people actually have MFAs in the like general readership? Uh, shouldn't you be wanting more like lowbrow people to to write these books that are relatable uh Mm because you read like margaret atwood's my favorite example of this and she's a wonderful writer at times uh but she writes poor people in canada as um they're like and and i know enough poor people enough poor country people and she would write these northern ontario people they're like they have no food to eat but they send the daughter off to university uh, for four years and she comes back and she just moves home and everything goes back to normal. Like when you send somebody off to university, it's like, okay, we mortgage the farm. Uh, and she better be coming back with some kind of way to make big money. Uh, cause mm-hmm. what else are you going to university for? Uh, so she has all these characters where there's just like, you know, to her, the normal is going to university and nothing coming of it. Uh, Whereas when you're a poor person and go to university, you're try you're the reason you're going is like I'm gonna get me some money later on, some of that big city money. Uh, but I don't know. It's just there's a disconnect, and I don't understand uh, when it comes into art, as you were saying. And I just got really long winded, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. No, it's fine. That's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what we do here. Um, I did yeah. have another thought. Um, yeah, that goes it. back to your uh, creative uh, in, in making movies. Uh, I had a masterclass account last year. Uh, it's yeah. since gone out, but I watched part of David Lynch's masterclass. And okay. if you'd if you'd ever want to see the most disorganized guy who doesn't who doesn't actually know why why he does what he does, 
his his masterclass is kind of hilarious because he laughs at himself. He's trying to explain his process, and he yeah. just it's he like talks circles. Uh, it's really funny, and he he knows he's talking circles. Plus, he smokes through the whole masterclass, which is like. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 like warmed inside when people smoke uh, indoors on TV. Uh, like we're we're supposed to respect this guy, but some, but he's still smoking. I don't know. It just is is like a good um, what's the word Juxt, juxtaposition, I guess. Uh, mm. I well, don't know. He he's one of the best examples of somebody who like obviously has the most faith in the creative process and like could not explain what he does to other people like there is there there are a few people who are like david lynch fans in my filmmaking club and i have said to them like oh that's great like i love everything david lynch does but i think that your knowledge of what he does is completely useless when it comes to what you're going to make um of course people i tell you what like people who spent years of their life studying that stuff they hate it when you say that <laughs> you would you'd, you'd be surprised to hear um so I, I can I, I I have refrained from saying stuff like that, but I don't know. Oh, this is an interesting question for you. Like, it's true that if you like, if you're somebody who studied literature a lot, then there's a decent chance that some of that can feed into how good a writer you are. But there's less of a connection between being like a literary scholar and being a writer than you would think. That's my opinion. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that that seems right. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea about anything. Uh, I I re I talk way more than I know uh, uh, on any <laughs> subject. Like I will talk like I know stuff. Uh, but really, like as far as writing goes, how I know when I'm doing something rightish is that mm -hmm. it like starts selling. Um, hmm. Do you know, like. It's like, uh, well, and, and because of the what's the point of writing? It's like, oh, you want to be one of those curmudgeons that never sells anything uh, mm. because you're like, oh, my my shit's too real for the, the public. Uh, and it's like, no, you just suck, bud. Um, so, <laughs> so you got to like, I don't know. And I don't mind like the whole point of it is to get um, a readership. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe not the whole point. Like you're expelling that idea which mm -hmm. um, I've become like a slave to it, uh, expelling ideas. Uh, unlike most people, I follow most of them. And like a lot of them, I follow them like straight into the ground, but I finish them instead of giving out. Uh, just like I finish a book and it's like, that was so stupid and such a waste of time. But it's like three weeks are gone and... Uh, Maybe I'm I'm better for it. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Like like that one book I sent you that one time to read. Oh yeah, uh, that rusty um, the hockey book. Uh, and the, and done... the slithering Rus Ruskies. Yeah, whereas the Russians have come. Uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't done anything with that book since I got since you sent back. Like <laughs> after you read it, it's like, and I, and I'm still in the middle. Like, is that? Is that book too much? Um, and it might be. And maybe I just, uh, I don't know. But who knows? Probably probably I'll put it out. I'm, I'm just unloading everything anyway. Um, you might as well. I, I, have, um, I have a ton of books that I would love to get out this year. I'm just uh, concerned about not interrupting like other publication 
deadlines right. for stuff that's legitimate. Um, so trying to find. <laughs> I obviously have a lot of faith in the process, but no, I mean I've written a lot of stuff. But the thing is, like you're you're definitely practicing skills like in structure or language or sentence composition or something that you will use in something that will sell or that you do believe on or it, like are proud to put your name on later. It's it's definitely. I I think that like if anything makes people better writers, it's just the uh, yeah practice, isn't well, it? Yeah. So, yeah. And and that's another thing that people like to say uh, is that some people are born writers. Uh, I think that's bullshit. I was born nothing. Like I have no inherited skills. Uh, <laughs> like I, the only maybe stick to itiveness is that a thing? Um, yeah. Like sure. Like I'm stubborn, uh, and even if I suck at stuff, I keep going forever. Uh, it's like, well, I've already done this much. Uh, like, and I think that's, I have more than 1,000 rejection notes uh, now. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I was just thinking like, uh, well, people will say that, like Stephen King says that. It's like, well, I think some people are born, uh, you know, it doesn't say born with it. That sounds like that Maybelline commercial or whatever it was. Maybe she's born with it. Um, I mean, I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's possible, but who cares? If you want to yeah. do something, just do it. Whether you were born to do it or not, what do you feel like doing? Go on, do it, you know? <laughs> what can you do about having been born something or not? You know, are you doing it or not? That's that's my, that's really my line to myself, I think. Are you doing it or not? Because you can, I don't know, you can um, dither away endlessly thinking about the particularities of who's best fitted to what, but just boils down to what you feel like using your time on, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. And and a thousand rejections is a there's a quote I found recently. It was like don't um don't fear failure. Failure is like a badge of honor because it means that you risked failure. Um and I really like that because I think that okay, you've got a thousand rejections. Maybe there's an aspiring writer out there who has none. Are we supposed to feel like you should feel proud of the number of attempts you've made you know don't you i well i do now uh at first i didn't uh i'd 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 first started counting them to see like my batting average and and compare myself to other people uh which was Mm. stupid um (laughs) however now and now i guess i on the good side i compare myself to other people where they're like you know oh this it it took 30 rejections before Harry Potter was published. I'm like, bitch, 30 rejections. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, do you know, like if you're not, if like, if you're outside of being a writer, people who are not writers, they think that the only reason you would do it is to reach like JK Rowling level fame. Cause like, she's the first writer that pops into their head. So they're like, ah, you're a writer like JK Rowling. You're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 not in the slightest, not in the slightest. But that's I'm, sad. I mean, my, my goal, though, like I have a goal writer, kind of. Uh, when I first started, it was obviously like Stephen King. Like he was my guy. He's still mm-hmm. one of my favorite writer. But I think, um, although I'm born in the wrong era for it, uh, I would really like to be a Donald Westlake. Um, he wrote over a hundred novels. Uh, I love writing more. I, I I'm so fucking miserable when I'm not writing a story uh, in real life. Like I'm mm-hmm. just like moody and bitchy. 
Uh, and then I start writing a story and I'm like kind of happy. Uh, and that's like, I get to the end and it's just like, ah, good times. Uh, and then it's like a week passes or something. Cause I used to write every day. I don't write every day anymore. I don't need to. Uh, I've, I've reached that point of like, you know, whatever they say, like some people say a million words. Uh, I'm, I'm getting close to 3 million and I still haven't figured out a way to be like super good. Um, so, uh, but I, I don't think it's going to come with just more beating my head off the table and writing and writing and writing and writing. Uh, I think it's just going to come. No, I don't think it's just going to come. Uh, I, I, I'm over that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's either, or it's gonna, it's gonna, I'm going to have some kind of, uh, betterment of success or not. And I've learned a lot about how people get into, um, you know, they, they get themselves in a better position to sell books and it's not, it's not about selling books or it's not about the writing at all anymore. Like once you pass the hump of being able to write a half decent sentence and string a few of them together or enough to put a whole book together, uh, mm -hmm. It's no longer about just that. You can't just be a good writer to have success. I don't think, no, let's, yeah, we might as well look back. I don't know if we talked enough about Plantation Pan because I wanted to, I want you to tell people like the summary of the story because it surprised me. Oh, okay. Well, uh, um, and I wrote this before everybody was losing their minds. Like people were worried about it, but nobody was losing their minds yet. So uh, the earth becomes an uninhabitable uh it's i think i have it like the year 2080 or something like that which you know it's a little off greta thunberg's uh uh point but uh you know it's pretty close um so the earth became uninhabitable and later on they're like hey hey man we might be able to go back to earth so they're sending the crew from the spaceship the space stations uh down to you know get things ready and of course, all the humans are dead. There's some animals, but a, a god's not dying. Um, so uh, Pan's just kind of chilling. Um, so they're going down and they're, they're finding all this bad stuff is happening and people are losing their minds, which plays back to Arthur Mackin's thing where it's, it's more like deteriorating man from the inside out rather than, you know, uh, Jason Voorhees type thing. Um, mm -hmm. So everybody's crumbling from within from this this horrible thing and that's kind of how i played it through um i just kept it going but i had more suspense in it because i like suspense that's my favorite type of writing uh mm -hmm. is suspense writing so i have i have more suspense more bodily harm uh coming to people um from the the space aspect of it um yeah so the do so you the Sorry. No, you better ask some. I'm just going to ramble. <laughs> <laughs> God, if it weren't for these stupid delays on Skype as well, you know, I could get in faster. Uh, yeah. Um, who are your... Like, do you read a lot of sci-fi as well? No, I don't really like it that much because it's, uh, it's like... I do like some. Like, I really like Richard Matheson um, mm -hmm. because it's like... His science fiction is is like he takes the regular room around him and and makes it science fiction by saying, oh, we have this machine that does it and doesn't explain the machine at all. And I'm like, great, 
I understand <laughs> that that machine does that. I don't need to know dilithium crystals or anything. Uh, mm. That's a Star Trek reference. Uh, so I'm in the know. Um, but it's like, I think it is anyway, um, if I recall correctly. But it's like, uh, you know, I, I prefer that kind of thing, but I mostly don't like science fiction because I'm, I get bogged down with with bits and pieces of, of world building. The same with fantasy. It's just like, that's too much information. Tell me how mm. it affects the human beings stuck in this situation. Um, so yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I think that, like, um, I think science fiction has the best ideas. I think your book is, like, a good example of, like, how, I don't know, like, the... The worlds convey the best ideas in science fiction, but I think that it's it's often a genre for like people who have astrophysics PhDs to like whimsically imagine situations that are super relevant to what they do. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're talking about, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, uh, they, you know what? Enough people like them that it suggests that I'm wrong, uh, that I'm stupid, <laughs> and I don't know. So that's fine. That good for. But how could that, that like? I I understand, because I also feel that way reading stuff like that. But how could that possibly be true? Like you're, an indie publisher. You read, hundreds upon thousands of stories per year. You've written a ton of books. Like how could it be possible that you don't know what you're doing? It's just that I think that, the the spectrum of, of fiction is just much more enormous than we, than we tend to realize. It's probably that. I would also. I would. I would like to. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not nearly as nice as what you just suggested. Uh, I do not read that many <laughs> stories. I read that many sentences, like first sentences from stories. Okay. I. I. I really don't get past the first sentence a lot of times. Uh, most but, times in stories with submissions. Of your own submissions, maybe, but like in general, you read loads. Oh yeah, that's true. Not- I do. I do read more than average, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I, I did uh, last year. I read a short story every day. Um, nice. And I, I don't recommend it. it. It actually puts a burden on, on reading as opposed to enjoying it. Yeah. It puts, puts a burden on because it's like one thing if you're like, I'm going to read 100 books in a year, which for me, that seems like a completely doable and normal thing because it's like, well, it's not like I'm going somewhere without a book. Ha ha ha. Turns out most people do. Um, but it's like when you get 365 stories, it starts to, it starts to weigh on you, especially if you start into something and you didn't realize it and it's, it takes you, it turns out it was a novella instead of a short story that you'd started that morning. So you're like, Mm. you know, you've shot a couple hours of your day or you were like, I was going to do something. Um, well, I think like for for what you're doing, because you've got like this is a, a a business of yours, like fair enough to the way that you treat it. But I think that um, I try as much as possible to yeah keep those kind of productivity goals out of reading, especially if it's something mm-hmm. that you. It's such a fragile thing, right? I think that if ever there's like a rough period in life, like enjoyment of reading or entertainment or anything is always the first to go like right if if things are even slightly rough then i don't get any story ideas so i want to be very kind of 
fragile and gentle with it in a way, not be like, you better fucking write a thousand words today. Like it doesn't work for me. I'm not that kind of person. Um, I think most of the most of the struggle of getting better as a writer is finding out how you write as well. It's not just finding your own voice. It's finding your own process and rhythm and and interests and ability to convey those interests or something. I'm rambling now. <laughs> no, it's. I I agree mostly. Uh, I also mm -hmm. think there's like the point of discovering that every time somebody tells you to do something a certain way, um, like in my head, uh, when, when everybody goes online and they're like, you, you know, you have the right to take these days off or months off and you're still a writer and blah, 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 blah. I think to myself, mm -hmm. does, if you want to be like writing is, is a super difficult thing to have, find success at. Um, like there's one thing depends on how you see it. Like if you see success as finishing the, the novel, uh, um, I don't think that's like a difficult thing. Um, some people will, but if you, if you want to pursue it as like a career, mm -hmm. um, taking that advice from people seems pretty stupid. Like if you were, I think you'd be better off to take advice from an Olympian. They're like, okay, how did you train to become a gold medalist Olympian? Um, did you did you listen to all the people that are like, oh, you should take weeks off at a time? Uh, probably not. Probably, you know, that guy that was like, hey, dude, relax. He might have won the gold medal in snowboarding that first year uh, that it was a, an event, but he's probably not going to win it this year uh, or whatever. It's like, I think, I think depending on what you want to do with it, you got to learn to like ignore some advice uh, that doesn't fit what your hope is. Uh, also, it also depends on where you start out. Like for you, I think you're a much smarter individual than I am uh, generally. Like if there was like an IQ test, um, I would do very poorly uh, with some, some things like the, on the, the, uh, the genetic offering scale. Like some people are starting way down. So depending on where you start, you have to gauge how hard you have to work by that. Um, and how much, like, I don't know. I don't like uh, people thinking I'm getting down on myself, but I'm like, be realistic when it's like, I have to work a lot harder to get up to, you know, everybody else's norm. Uh, I think mm. because it's I like, get that. um, <laughs> But I think that I'm kind of, it's very, very, I understand, like, it's so very confusing to try and understand what it is we're doing or how to get good at it or something. Um, but I think that what people are looking for is originality rather than um, sounding really, really clever. I think that, but, but I have mm -hmm. lent on trying to sound really clever because... I don't know. I thought I could trick people into thinking I was a better writer if I just sounded very clever rather than actually writing well. Because um, <laughs> writing well is really difficult. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. but, um, but it, all young writers do that. So I don't really... I'm glad I can look back on that in retrospect and say I'm, that that crops up in first drafts and then I'll take it back out again. But I think that originality is something that's available to anyone of any perceived IQ level, although... I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, 
don't know how smart or not smart you are. It doesn't sound like you're giving yourself a lot of credit for sure. Yeah. Well, I think I, I'm putting this back to kind of like the Joe Hill thing. Um, whereas it's like him to become a, a famous horror author is not a big leap. Um, yeah. But like most of my people are like institutionalized type folk. Uh, you know, um, like I remember when I was a kid and hearing my mother have a discussion with somebody about how uh, it's not a big deal. You know, school is not for everybody, uh, like to, to somebody dropping out of the ninth grade like this, mm-hmm. these kind of conversations where it's like the norm is, is, is low. Um, like where it's like the brow is very low and this is the expectation. Mm-hmm. So you, you come from the genetics of these types of people. Um, and as somebody from it, I can see it. It's like, yeah, it takes a little extra work to not be a shithead. Uh, like you have to like, you have to put the effort in to just yeah. become like your buddies who are like, of course I'm going to college. Uh, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Uh, probably somebody real smart gets it though. Like they're like, yeah, he's talking about this. And it's like, there's some word for it that smart people would have, uh, or the, or probably the Germans, they have a word for everything. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you feel like you're always catching up. No, no, no. I'll never catch up. Uh, I'm trying to catch up. Uh, I don't think, I don't think it's possible for, for me to like fully be, at that like where it's like um i don't know i don't know how to put it uh it's uh some people are born with like the goods and some people aren't uh so i'll just i'll just keep uh puttering along uh I'm, I'm, i've give i've i fully have though given up on um uh, trying to, when it comes to the the art aspect of it, trying to impress certain individuals, because it's mm. like that that's not gonna be it. Mm-hmm. But don't you feel like when you stop trying to impress people that your writing gets better? Probably, because um, that that kind of worked out. Uh, like if you look at like the scheme of, because you and I have talked before. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, but I'll explain it, I guess, for the listener is that like, mm-hmm. I literally have like scads of unpublished books uh, that I've tried to get published. It's not like I just hoard them away. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like take the grief of not ever getting them published or I used to. Now I don't give a shit. Like you, you want to reject me. Yeah, I don't care. Um, but the, uh, before I'd had a novel published by anybody else, I had uh, I'd written this book, and I just was just testing myself to see if I could actually get like the words down in ten days. And I wrote a novel in nine days, and I sent it off to Severed Press, and it was like completely written in like uh, a layman's voice. Um, it was written completely to entertain myself because that's the only way you're ever going to be paying that much attention for nine straight days to get that many words down. Cause it was like 60, 62,000 or something or 61,000 words. Hmm. And it's just like, you've got to, you fully have to entertain the shit out of yourself. 
or you're going to be, you know, you're going to find, you know, you have vacuuming to do or something. Um, mm -hmm. So I did that and it, it was the first novel that was like, yeah, I'll, we'll take it. And it's like, what? Uh, that's not how that's supposed to happen. So, <laughs> so then I was just like, okay, well, from here on out, I guess with these guys, I'm going to just write the most absurd things I can. And they keep selling it. And recently I had one uh, called RAR. The original mm -hmm. title, which they didn't want, uh, was like a Simpsons joke. It was called RAR, Attack of the Prehistoric She-Bear. Um, mm -hmm. But they're like, no, we're just going to call it RAR. Uh, and it's sold very, very well. Like, I don't have the the numbers back yet. But it stayed in like the top 5,000 of all ebooks for a couple months. Uh, and I'd never even seen one go up there for like a day um, before that. So I don't know. It's because uh, that's like hundreds of books in a in a month uh, to stay up there. Um, nice. So I, I have no idea. I have no idea what anything means ever or why anybody has success or what I should be doing. I just like having more books. Um, more I think that's the more. best. I, I think that's the best message. Like I think that. Um... Honestly, I think it's the best message that you could give anyone listening to this. Like, uh, and I think also you deserve not to. It doesn't sound that you are, but you know, you deserve not to give yourself shit about what's publishing, what's not, where you started, where what you're doing, because you're not. It's not like you're in control of any of that, right? None, none of us are. No, but it, it does come down like when you're like trying to get some money to get your yeah, of course, of shit course. together. Uh, it would be nice if if there was some of that taken into account sometimes. Yeah, I see your point. Yeah. Um, like, the I've seen some authors that, you know, that put my, my kind of maybe whining about it. Um, they're just like, no, well, look what I've done, you pussy. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I do look what you've done, and it's very inspiring. Um, and it's it's nice if that was like more of a common thing, but I don't know. It uh, I'm discovering that. Well, first off, I think I was born in the wrong era. Uh, if I were born in like the pulp literature era, uh, I'd make a mint. Um, mm -hmm. Just just by putting out more and more books because people used to read. Remember, uh, you hear stories about when people used to read, uh, or you see it in movies where people were like reading books. Uh, but I don't know. I really don't know what what any, anything means ever. Uh, I'm I've said that a few times now. Um, but it's uh, do you find it a relief to say that? I really have found a relief recently. Um, when I was just like, holy shit, I can't win. Um, <laughs> I can't win in the specific way I'm going about this. Uh. I need to just stop, stop beating my head over it. Um, and that was like, um, because I do send out uh, queries to agents and stuff like that still. Uh, but it's like, I, when I finally realized that most people who sell books to big places still aren't getting paid like a minimum wage job amount. Mm. Um, when I realized that, it was kind of like, it kind of pulled away the the mysticism of it. 
where it's like, Ooh, this is, this is you making your career. And it's like, well, I know some people who self publish and make way more money. Um, shouldn't we, you know, give them some acclaim or something like that? Because is, is this thing that I've been driving towards pointless? Um, which is kind of, kind of, a uh, an unsettling thought once you first hit it. Cause it's like, cause I don't know about what you want from your writing, like deep in your, your, uh, most embarrassing goals type thing. But it was like, <laughs> I had always been like, I want to be a big, big selling person. And I want to have my books in bookstores, but it's yeah. like, that might be dead. That whole idea might be just like hanging on by threads and completely dead. Uh, other, unless you write crime books, because uh, those are everywhere. You go like to the grocery store and you can get a crime book. Um, but it's like, is there is there even hope for it? And I kind of came to the realization that probably not uh, for the kind of stuff I write. And I don't write so far off where it's like that was ever an excuse. Um, you know, where you're like, where you write bizarro stuff and it's like, well, of course that's not going in the grocery store. Uh, mm-hmm. cause it's who, who would put it there? Um, it's not a big enough thing. So it's just kind of like, uh, I, I'm just going to fucking wing it from here on out. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing matters. And I'm going to wing it. Yeah. If I was to describe it myself, I think it's the same. Like when you first start writing, it's like, yeah, I want, I want to sell. I want my books everywhere. I want to sell lots. I want all the fame and money you've got going. Then you learn about like who the top publishers are and you're like, no, I want them to acknowledge my work because then, then I'm a real writer, right? Then if, if they've read loads, so if they like my stuff, then I must be really good. Um, and then <laughs> when neither of those things work out, then you just kind of think I want to write my next story. Well, uh, I want to find out how that turns out. And that's all, that's what I want. I want to find out how my next story turns out. And that's about as much as I'm in control of. Um, and then I'll go through the process of sending it out and so on. But uh, I think reducing it down to that and uh, focusing on that makes the writing better and uh, helps me enjoy it more and do it more, which so would, you know, help me achieve all those other goals anyway. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like you haven't given up hope yet. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, it depends. It depends what you know. What though? I, I want to say this before I forget: is um, mm-hmm. that story you wrote for pulp literature? That was mm-hmm. something. That was fantastic, and oh, that was very yeah. different from your normal. That was very mainstream of you. Um, mm-hmm. That one, but it was excellent, good sir. Uh, I was very impressed by that. Uh, Cause I was like, "Holy crap!" Is pulp literature publishing something like totally weird? Because I'd read their magazine before. <laughs> and no, yeah, no, yeah. They <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, that's that was something. That was very good. Uh, I was very, very impressed." Um, so, uh, good, good work on that one, man. Um, that was uh, yeah, that was probably yeah. my new favorite thing you've ever written uh, that I've read of yours. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, I think that. Uh... I'm. St- I mean, I'm still. Yeah, th- but I'm still doing 
when I'm writing that, I'm still doing the same thing I was doing when I was writing a bunch of weird stuff, which is just finding out how an idea of mine will play out. It just so happens that my ideas nowadays don't have as much, uh, I don't know, non sequiturs and violence and stuff as they used to, because I, I did all that and I got it out of my system and then it didn't seem as uh, entertaining anymore. I'm glad I did it. And I think I did it as a sort of uh, implicit rebellion against all this kind of rule bound, you know, you'll never get an agent if you do this nonsense. Because I was like, well, I think, don't forget that you're allowed to do anything you want, you know, and you might produce something really cool and interesting by doing that. Well, and one one more thing um, mm-hmm. to add on to that is one thing you don't really know when you first start is, or at least I didn't, is that nobody cares what you're doing at all, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah totally nobody cares uh if you put out something and it sucks like everybody's like oh the internet's forever no not really there's so much crap heaped on every single day (laughs) that you can disappear in it you just take your stuff away and be like i'll come back better later um like i'll I'll bring my a game next time once i once i figure out how to do one uh like uh, or i think just if you if you leave it up and own it then the respect you you think you're trying to get by writing well, you will earn by owning your failures, I think. <laughs> huh. I don't know. I, I don't know if I totally... Like, I would... I would Maybe I'm just too cowardly. Uh, there's some stuff that is so bad that I wouldn't own up to. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't write that. I don't know who wrote that. <laughs> but I think that... Um, I don't know. When I found authors I really liked that I thought were brilliant... And I was reading their stuff. You're like, Jesus Christ, like, I don't think I'll ever write this well. And then I would read their earlier stuff. And I was like, please tell me they were never always this good. And then it was like a relief to young writer me that ah. they weren't, you know, I just had you that, could be the other that day. for other people. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, John Irving setting free the bears um, mm-hmm. is fucking unreadable. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. Uh and he has written, I don't know if you've ever read him, uh, but like some of his books are so good. Um, like some of the best books I've ever read uh, are by him. And he wrote this book called Setting for the Bears and it sucks. It just sucks hard. Uh, so that was nice. Um, you get to read that and you're like, ah, well then, maybe there's hope for me yet. No, <laughs> no, but you know it's it is interesting to see that uh, the that the progression is there for some for some authors like some authors their first book is like you know a masterpiece and you're like fuck you um <laughs> however when i do talk to a lot of authors uh they're like oh no i i tried to sell four manuscripts before that one and i never got anywhere um, yeah I think maybe some of them have more patience than I do uh, with stuff where it's like, oh, no, probably their first four were still not as bad as my first four uh, manuscripts. Um, but I don't know. I I really, I don't know. I don't know what causes people to have really great writing skills. Maybe it's reading. Did you read as like a little kid? Not as much as 
other writers. I didn't start writing until I was like 22, and I didn't really have uh, the idea that I was going to. Hmm. Um, I'd read, I went on Goodreads, I think I'd read like 80 books by that point. Hmm. 80, which is not, <laughs> not now, I've, now I've read like way, way more, of course, but it's like 80 a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, the the thing I think about it is like, okay, if you want to be a writer, then you should write frequently. You know, there are various measures. Choose the one that works for you. You should read frequently as well. You should study the stuff that you like. Um, you know, if you're a writer, when do you ever expect to stop doing those two things, writing and reading the stuff, if you like? So mm -hmm. then just keep doing that. You know, and if somebody's better than you, maybe they've been doing it longer, or maybe they're lucky. Who cares? Yeah. You know, but how do you want to get there? By reading and writing a lot. So just do that, you know? Well, and I think part of it too is you've got to get rid of the idea that the better idea. Um, because it's like, okay, you can you could admittedly say like these words are strung together beautifully, versus these are not strung together beautifully. Um, however, once you get down to the story, it's like well, anybody can come up with a great story. Uh, like any story might, uh, like Dan Brown's, I think, the perfect example. Uh, have you ever read um, The Da Vinci Code? Uh, I've heard it's not possible. <laughs> it, no, that's a lie. It's good. It's, it's okay. so pedestrian. But it's like, uh, you're just like flying through it because you're like, oh, then what? Then what? And, and even though you don't give a shit about the Virgin Mary or Jesus or any of that stuff, you're like, Ooh, what, wait, what, what? Uh, and you're just flipping right through it. Um, it doesn't matter that, you know, it's not that great of writing. Uh, it's the same reason you go to, when you go to Walmart, the till you see somebody carrying a book up and they, they're buying a $35 hardback, the next James Patterson book. And it's just like, they don't care about uh, how well it's written. They want a reliable type of thing they're expecting. Uh, and with like mm -hmm. Dan Brown, especially, it's like they want they want a story that grips them and makes them turn the pages, and which he does, uh, whether or not he's he has any way with words at all. Uh, he has a way with story. Yeah, well, I think that if you're if you're submitting a piece of good writing, you're basically just saying, like, I think this is interesting. Do you agree? You know? <laughs> Oh yeah, that that really shits for me though a lot because it's like, I don't know. I recently wrote a story uh, that probably won't find any homes, but it's I wrote it. Um, I got a real kick out of reading a couple um, meta stories in a row, like where mm -hmm. the author the author butts in to explain things, and I did this with a story about these orchids, these orchid hunters. And there's so much backstory about orchids that you might want to learn that I, I didn't do research. Uh, I watched this movie called um, Adaptation like 50 times back in the day. I really liked it. It had mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage in it. Um, it's a good film. Yeah. And they, they, they talk all about orchids. So I feel like I'm, I'm enough of an expert that I can, you know, uh, interject orchid information in, in this story. So I wrote okay. this story about this, and it has giant spiders in it, and they get they get sucked through the spider thing and plopped out the other end, like um, all these all these things. And I'm like, this is so much fun to write. 
And then I send it out and it is just like, nobody wants his head one place. They're like, well, if you removed all the, um, the author talking in it and stuff, like all the meta stuff, uh, we, mm-hmm. we consider it like, that's not the story. The story is how the author is being funny in the middle of this other story. Uh, mm-hmm. So back in the day, I would have I would have just deleted everything and been like, ah, but now I just don't care because it's like I've been getting enough money that I can ignore the times when I send a story for like a place that's going to pay me 20 bucks or something like that. And they're like, you should change this. And I'm like, nah, nah, that's too much effort for 20 bucks. Um, <laughs> but I th- whereas- again, I think that's a that's a real writer is somebody who has convictions, you know, intuition and convictions, I think, are the money, money, convictions. Because <laughs> money. Money. If, if a big publisher, like, say, wanted one of my novels, but they wanted me to change something, unless it was like, you imagine scenarios and you're like, "Ooh, what would I do? And it's like, it doesn't matter what you do, because it's probably never going to come up. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe only I do that. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if this is comparable. I pretend I'm being interviewed a lot in my head, you know, like I'm being Ooh. asked about various, like I'm being asked about various questions about stuff that people are just never going to ask me. They're not generally interested in my answers on like a day-to-day were, basis. Like if you were on NBR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're just one like, time, yeah. One time, uh, years ago, like in high school. I took two grams of shrooms and I thought I was on a talk show all <laughs> okay. night. I was being interviewed and everybody around me was like the audience. It was, it was interesting. I completely, it's sort of related, I guess, but so yeah, no, yeah, I'm doing that basically. Um, Without the shrooms. Yeah. But it's that where you just kind of go, you should stop like, preparing interview answers to these questions because nobody's going to ask and you don't even particularly care either you know it's almost like it's almost like you're you're setting yourself you know how people have like imaginary arguments in the shower and stuff it's like you're setting yourself up to defend yourself against a question that you're never going to be asked right yeah right i do that a lot yeah i do i do that too okay Uh, yeah maybe not maybe maybe the platform's a little different uh okay (laughs) like like, uh, I don't know, like it, more, I think I would be like defending myself face to face with somebody is even though I never see people face to face, like ever. Um, so that would be, yeah. So I don't know. That's <laughs> a, that's a, that's a fun thing. Uh, I had, I had something I thought of while you were talking and now it's gone. Oh, I know what it was. It's the, uh. The shower. Do you get ideas in the shower? Like lots of people seem to get ideas in the shower. Yeah. Don't you? Not so many. I mostly get ideas when I'm exercising. Yeah, walking, walking as well. Mm, I I I'm, I have to go on machines or I won't do it. Okay. Like I have to pay the money to the thing, or I'll just I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do that, and then I don't do it. <laughs> Well, and, and starting unnerving, I've gotten quite fat. Um, <laughs> well, not like, like not as fat as I've ever been. When I sold insurance, I got real fat because I was like, I would I would go to McDonald's instead of uh, doing the thing that I was supposed to be doing because I hated it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever sold things door to door before, but 
No it's thanks. Fun. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of people thought I was a Jehovah's Witness. Um, but yeah. So uh, I have to I have to go to the gym, and that's where I think of things usually. I got the idea for rewind or die while while jogging in place at home, though. Cool. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, Is the great full segue. series out? Yeah, <laughs> it will be. It will be out. Uh, it's it's twenty books, the first twenty books. Uh, so the next two wow. come out this month. Uh, what are they? Uh, Soul Survivor and Food Fright. Soul Survivor is about uh, drop bears, which is an Australian joke uh, about koalas that hurt killers. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know, but it's super insidery, which is fine. I don't give a shit. It's it's funny. Uh, it's it's got these little bears that eat people. It's you know it's fun. And food mm-hmm. fright is literally about food coming alive and eating people. Uh, so these are all books that I was like, hey, everybody write books like VHS horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. So I have a bunch more. Mostly, it's the good brunt of them are women, which. Uh, so I have the I have those ones, and then I have. How many more? Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen more coming for the rest of the year, uh, sprinkled throughout. Um, They're all novellas, except for um, Gary Buller's got a mini collection. uh, Because I actually, when I did ask for women, I think a lot of men were kind of mad about it. and then they, when I did open submissions to men, most of them just sent me the Trump novella they had. They're like, oh, I had this one. It sort of fits. And it's like, no, it doesn't. I don't want it. Go away. <laughs> uh, so I got I got some stuff that was written for it by men, but not much. So I had to I went out and was like, who do I who do I know writes good this type of story? So I was like, Gary Buller does. Mm-hmm. So he's doing an anthology type one where it's uh, the first book of the rewind or die was called midnight exhibit and it's reminiscent of uh anthology horror movies where there's the the segue character that connects everything each story mm-hmm. so i'm doing that with uh one with gary and then i'm gonna do one as well um ah oh, like him like the illustrated man yeah exactly like that uh, that's cool so in, the, in the first one it's uh i have stories by uh Stephen Graham Jones, Philip Fricassi, and Renee Miller. Uh, and then nice. I have this t- this tow truck driver. Is a, It looks like he's on the way home from a Halloween party. He looks like uh, an orange Frankenstein. And he's, he's like playing with the strings of his head the whole way and telling these stories to this couple. And the stories are like strangely, like eerily similar to their lives type thing. You know, how they always do, how it comes back around. So it's, it's kind of like that. Um, so I'll have that with uh, a couple books but the rest are are, are uh, novellas um which i think is like as much it seems like generally what people want these days is the shorter books so um short to the point lots of slashers and ghosts and stupid monsters and funny things um sounds great yeah i mean especially for like a new author it's lovely to introduce yourself to them with like a short short big yeah uh mm-hmm. yeah that's it, because it takes a lot right like um if you went to the bookstore like pretend like they actually carried lots of short books if mm-hmm. you went to the bookstore and you were like oh hey this new author 
brand new author. I've never heard of them. I'll give them mm-hmm. a try because this book's 150 pages. You wouldn't yeah. do that if, if it's a 900-page book. You're like, ooh, mm-hmm. look at this new – better try this new author. Here's 900 pages of them. Um, you kind of have to no, earn definitely that, not, right? No. Yeah, you would look at a book like that and then go, okay, where do I start with this author? Give me something else they did yeah. that's shorter. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's Rewind or Die. Uh, it's mostly like uh, self-serving because I wanted – I didn't like how much um, hardcore literary stuff was being written, and I, I wanted to kind of infuse um, more stupid shit in it. Um, that's fun. That's like, I don't know. I really like slashers and monsters and just not worrying about how things are said and putting the story first, um, which is what all of these do. I think if, if I'm recalling, there might be one or two in there. That's a little, a little more, uh, wordy, but you know, they, they, they still all serve the, the fun of, of kind of that VHS horror days, uh, feel. Hmm. Um, I see also, when is Mark Allen Gunnell's collection coming out? It's already out. Oh, it's out already? Okay, cool. Yeah, it came out last year sometime. Ah, okay, yeah. No, we spoke about it, but uh, the time I spoke to him about it, it was coming out, and I guess I assumed it wasn't out yet. I'll pick that up. Yeah, he's he's very good. Um, he's great. Yeah. Like, he's super dependable. He's also, like, if you were... Him and Renee are my go-tos for when it's like, hey, I need a story. <laughs> yeah. If it comes down to it, and it's like, you have a week. They could They're probably machines. have it to me. Usually usually Renee is the, the go-to because it's like, uh, I can say I need a story that's exact type of story. And she's mm-hmm. like, bang, here it is. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes it's like she's reading my mind. Like um, for the most recent unnerving, I asked her for kind of a, a, a raunchy, sexy story. Because I was like, yeah. what is unnerving yeah. missing? And it's it's tits and ass. It's like mm-hmm. what all the literary magazines are so bound and bent on being literary that it's like, well, unnerving has to be something different. Uh, so um, I'll stop short of like pornography and put in a, a story about this. And I was like, here, Renee, I want something like this. And in my head, I didn't say this to her. I was like, how about a haunted penis is what I was hoping for. Like it was going to be like, turn into something weird and she comes back with a story about a haunted vagina so it's like uh, that's that works um i'll i'll take it because i didn't even ask for the penis and and you know i got the exact same thing just the other opposite sex so perfect <laughs> yeah that's awesome and and um what else is going on so the magazine's got some new editions i see dangerous is writing for you yes i had this idea um, while I was working out, I had this idea, uh, for him. Like, it was like, I had this, this idea came to me and it was like, Dangerous Slater's the guy that writes this. Like, it was weird. Cause I don't think I've ever had an idea where it was, it was, I have an idea and I have an author that is the person that writes it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like they came at the same time and yeah. then the, his, his feature is uh, failed film pitches. So it was like if Danger Slater went around and bumped into famous people and pitched them really bad movie ideas, um, is is this whole thing? And I was like, so I, I contact him about it, and he's like, that's perfect, that's right up my alley. And it's like, yes, I know. Uh, 
That's uh, that's <laughs> what I was aiming for. Uh, so that that happened, uh, and that that's working out. Um, I did try to have a, a comic thing in it. And I put a I put a single comic thing in, and I just kind of like I winged it last minute because I was hoping to get somebody else to do it. And then it's like, how do you ask people? It's it comes down to pricing. It's really tough. I know how to ask for um, I know how to ask for words and like how what's your rate for word count. Uh, whereas what's your rate to fill in these these specifically sized rectangles uh, with words and pictures? Uh, I had trouble figuring out how to ask it. So I was like, I'll just I'll just wing one and have it put in for the first issue with uh, somebody from Fiverr doing the art for fuck all um mm -hmm. but i think it's i think that's a one-off that's not going to happen again because when i did ask around for artists uh they don't have the same scheme as um writers do like they're not the the like when they say you gotta you gotta get paid blah 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 they don't mean it the same way authors do where they're like oh three cents a word that's pretty good you know uh mm -hmm. they're like they're like 75 dollars a square type thing and you're like Take a hike, bud. Uh, so, so I, I've never heard of you, and nobody else has. Uh, but you know, you went to art school, and your teacher told you this much. So I can't afford that. Uh, I don't. You know, it's like this is an actual business. This isn't me being like, um, you know, where you have that dream idea to write a comic book, but you can't draw. So they hire mm -hmm. somebody, and you're like, oh, I got my comic book out. Yay! This is like. No, this one has to make money or the the magazine folds. Like I'm not, I'm not here for free. This isn't for mm -hmm. fun. Uh this is this is for money. Cause capitalism is how society works. Particularly <laughs> that was a long response email to the seventy-five dollar request. Oh no, it was <laughs> it was like it was like it was actually, I did mention that it's like, no, I have to make money. I can't make money paying you that much uh, is pretty much what it was. Um, and he didn't respond, which is nice. I I hate when people respond after I say no to them, um, which happens a lot more than you think. Like you think everybody knows that rule, but they don't. Mm. <laughs> Um, okay, so we've talked about, we talked about your latest book. We talked about the magazine, talked about Rewind well, or actually, Die. We, did, we didn't talk about my latest book. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go for it. What's your latest one? It's called The Breach. Actually, well, there's two There's two since Plantation Man. Uh, there's, okay. Um, Savage Beasts of the Arctic Circle mm -hmm. is a severed press release. Uh, it's a novella. Um, so basically, those are, those are like, they're called, often people call them stomping chomps, um, where you have just big monsters biting everybody and shit like that, which exactly savage beasts of the arctic circle falls into that category if the name didn't give it away um okay and then i have the breach because it's sort of like zombies but it's it's a longer string it's actually a series uh where it comes out that you know somebody's put this put this virus into play and and stuff like that to to help get rid of humanity um mm -hmm. so that that's the most recent uh and probably by the time this airs, I'll have put up another one, because uh, I am, I am, I'm, I'm actually cleaning out uh, everything. I'm going back through the old stuff, not everything, but everything that seems good. I'm going back through, uh, and I had a contract fall through with another publisher, 
so that book i have a book that's pretty much edited and and close to ready to go so there'll be that one and you know a couple others and then i have uh, i did a count and i have like 170 short stories that are unpublished so i'll start collecting more of those um yeah i don't know um and and also i'm doing a rewind or die book uh so you know look, look out for all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Oh. You're not slowing down. Oh, it's very, it's super good for business. Uh, each book, you know, you get all your sales in, uh, like one sale a book type thing. If you put out 4,000 of them, um, that's the new goal. Uh, I'll make a living if I put out 4,000 books a year. Um, maybe. All right. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> but not really. Uh, anyway. So that was Eddie Generous. Check out his work uh, through Unnerving. Check out his publications through Severed Press, Omnium Gatherum, and uh, many more on the way. Sounds like, uh, as always, if you're any type of creative who wants to be on the show, if you want to tell me anything about the show, you can always get in touch with me using losingtheplotpodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, but that's all for me for this episode. So until next time.